My name is Minu Kim, associate pastor here at St. Stephen's. And again, it is my joy to worship with you this morning, uh, I guess as I celebrate my birthday. Uh, <laughs> today's scripture message comes from the Gospel of Mark. We're still continuing uh, on this series. Uh, we've been looking at Mark 1 for the past three Sundays, and today we continue to do so from verses 29 to 39. <clears throat> As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick, or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbors, neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. So that is what I came out to do. And he went out throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So today, uh, we uh, wrap up our series on becoming. Uh, the past five Sundays, we've been working on this idea of how do we become God's people, exploring how we become God's people through remembering, listening, responding, discerning, and as to, you can see in today's sermon title, serving. God's people serve. And serving makes us God's people. In today's scripture, uh, in today's scripture reading, we uh, briefly learned about Simon's mother-in-law, who had a fever. And once Jesus healed her, she immediately began to serve without hesitation or the need for uh, recuperation. For the sake of brownie points, Simon should have interrupted her, right? It's like, stop. But nope, she began to serve both Jesus and the disciples. In the most stereotypical sense, she probably served them by preparing them something to eat and drink. In fact, the verb to serve, uh, which is translated from the Greek word, Diakonio comes from this idea of waiting tables, a task designated exclusively to women and house servants in Jesus' time. And if you go deeper with this word diakonio, it, signifi it signifies uh, being actively on the move, kicking up dust, so to speak, to attentively meet your guest needs to meet their 
thirst and hunger. In one of my previous sermons, I already talked about my own experience of waiting tables. I was once a busboy uh, who climbed my way up to be a, to a waiter. And, and yes, kicking up dust is how I remember being a, wa- being a waiter. You're so busy, you're constantly on the move, paying attention to the guest's needs and desires and ask. I, 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 remember, I, don't, I don't remember what occasion was this, but I remember just wanting to sit down for a minute but not being able to so because my manager was looking at me. Upon being healed, Simon's mother-in-law's immediate response was to serve in this way. This act was not merely about returning to your normal self after feeling better. Throughout Jesus' early ministry in Mark 1, as we read in the past three Sundays, we learn about the release of captives, whether that is from the bondages of sins, illnesses, or demon possessions. Jesus is liberating people as that has always been God's desire for the people, an exodus from slavery to freedom. God's mission was and is and always will be about giving us this freedom for us to be freed from whatever binds us. And upon receiving this freedom, this very freedom, it was the woman's immediate response to serve Jesus and his company. In the eyes of the disciples, however, the woman's response was probably the most natural thing that could occur. Being there with their rabbi, they probably expected to be served as if she was capable. Perhaps this reflects their still developing understanding of the freedom Christ offers, which contrasts with the world's view that equates freedom to autonomy, power, and control. The world tells us that freedom means not being subject to others' directives, not being restrained by others, by those around us, and living life solely by our own choices. That's how we understand freedom in our world. And this perspective suggests that freedom is only achieved by ascending the social hierarchy prompting us to strive for upward mobility and view any threat, of, any threat to our status or imposition of unwanted responsibilities as an infringement to our freedom. When this woman was serving her guest, the world probably thought that the disciples were the ones with freedom for, because they were being served. Little did they know that this woman's action is the model to which Jesus repeatedly called his disciples to embody and which he himself, Jesus, supremely embodied in his own. Later in chapter 10, the same disciples had some kind of dispute related to their desire to climb up their pecking order in order to sit beside Jesus' throne. And this is how Jesus responded to them by using this very word, diakonio. 
whoever wishes to become, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. That's the correct slide. Again, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Here, Jesus completely subverts the worldly idea of freedom. And he even, he even doubles, down, doubles down on the idea of serving one another by saying that we ought to be a slave for all. The one completely deprived of the worldly freedom. See, the expectation was that the, this messianic king, the son of God, the mighty liberator, would come to free God's people through domination by being on top of them. And the throne he brings would be a symbol of autonomy, power, and control. Thus, this, this, his disciples were interested in sitting beside him, be closest to him as possible. But what did Jesus do instead? What did Jesus say about himself using the passage from Isaiah? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. The reality was that Jesus came to free his people, not through domination, but through sacrifice, as a lowly servant, giving his life a ransom for many to free us by forgiving our sins through the cross. His throne becomes not a symbol of autonomy, power, or control, but instead a symbol of humility, servitude, and community. The God whom we worship is, isn't the one who sits on top of us, but the one who kneels down with a basin and a towel. And becoming God's people means to join Christ in his service to others, to be his co-servants. What did Paul write to the Galatians? He says, for you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love, become enslaved to one another. Christian freedom lies in service. Christian freedom lies in service. God's people serve not out of obligation or responsibility, but out of the sense of freedom. The freedom that we experience when we are no longer bound by whatever that prevents us from being whole whether that is our sins or addictions, physical, mental, or spiritual illnesses, guilt or shame, grief or sorrows, loneliness or isolation, traumas from the past or anxieties for the future, or the expectation to run this never-ending rat race for autonomy, power, and control. 
we are made whole when we are reconnected with God and with our neighbors and with ourselves. We became whole, we are made whole when we find ourselves in God and in neighbors. That connection is the kingdom of God. And that's where the freedom rings. And at his kingdom, we can truly taste the freedom Christ offers. And that's when we cannot help ourselves but to serve others. We are freed to become servants of others so that others may also enjoy the taste of this freedom. Let's go back to today's story. Uh, instead of helping Simon's mother-in-law, the disciples, they invited all the people in town to come see Jesus so that they may be cured. The scripture again says the whole city was gathered, which means the disciples really put Jesus to work. Indeed, the disciples were more interested in what Jesus did rather than why he did it. They were more interested in the miracles rather than the purpose of those miracles. So the next morning, Jesus got up early in the morning at dawn and went out to a deserted, deserted, deserted place to pray. And this is what our sermon series has been emphasizing over and over again. This spiritual discipline to reconnect ourselves with God. Whether that is through prayer, studying the scripture, or being in nature. And this spiritual discipline does not have to be by ourselves privately. This us gathering in worship is also a spiritual discipline. Us partaking in communion is a spiritual discipline. Us sharing our faith with one another is a spiritual discipline. Us serving the least of these is a part of our spiritual discipline. In our Methodist tradition, we call them the means of grace because these means help us to reconnect ourselves with God and one another, to realign ourselves to God's calling for us to serve God's kingdom. And again, Jesus needed to find his time and place to go out by himself to pray so that he can also reconnect himself and realign himself to his call. And again, these spiritual disciplines are so important, especially because what happens right after. Simon and his friends, the disciples, chase after him just so that they could, they could tell him, everyone is searching for you. This is a nice way of saying, get back to work. This happens a lot, doesn't it? Life calling our name. We trying to be intentional and trying to be, trying to find our calling and be, be true to our purpose, yet life constantly calling our names and asking for our attentions. Life happens and that's what life does.
Life constantly interrupts us and demands our attention, pulling us back to our tasks and our responsibilities, and even Jesus was not exempt from it. Yet maybe that's all there is. Perhaps, like Jesus, we are meant to live in this tension between being in these busy lives while trying to pull ourselves back to find our time with God and with one another. Again, this is why maybe we call this spiritual discipline. Although Jesus' time with God was interrupted, he, it, that time alone was enough, so he got up and told his disciples, saying, let us go to the next towns so that I may proclaim the good news there also, for that is why I came to do. I know all of us, all of you serve others in some capacities of life, whether that is here at church, at home, or in the community, being busy serving others as if you're kicking off dust from the ground. Maybe that's what adulting is, right? Learning that you're responsible beyond yourself that you're responsible to serve, you're responsible to take care of one another beyond yourself. I guess that's how I'm learning what adulting is, and maybe that's in our Christian tra- tradition, what we call maturing. And some of you in this room may also feel like you are trapped in this never-ending cycle of serving others, whether that is your role as a volunteer here at church or other nonprofits, whether that is your role at your job, or whether that is your role as, at home as a primary caregiver. I know, I know that some of you are hanging by the thread with a sense of obligation and responsibility in order to serve others, to meet your responsibilities. If this is the case for you, uh, first, I pray that you would experience, experience a sense of freedom that God offers because that is what God desires for you. That is what God promises to you, the freedom. And second, I again encourage you to take time to revisit your spiritual discipline, whether individual or communal. Perhaps experimenting, trying something new, the different types of practices, so that you can find yourself and your purpose in God and in people in God's kingdom. And third, lastly, I pray that this church, St. Stephen's, will continue to strive to be a place where we can taste true freedom and that this freedom makes us God's people, co-servants of Christ, serving those around us. Yesterday, 20 or so volunteers of our church, the leaders of our church got together for a leadership retreat. And this is our way of 
going to our deserted place to reconnect ourselves to our mission, to realign ourselves to our vision for 2024. And as I was listening to one another uh, in that room, realizing, I'm realizing how they all began to serve here at St. Stephen's. And it was that freedom, it was that joy, it was that passion to serve others in God's kingdom. And the reality is that when we are stuck up with, stuck with what we do, the things that we do, the busyness of life, we get lost and we forget about our purposes and our vision and our calling. And so my prayer for all of us is that you would find your calling. You would be reminded of your calling once again. And for those who are not yet serving here at St. Stephen's, those who have not, who doesn't know anything about how it means to be a volunteer at St. Stephen's, I encourage you to check it out, to see how this place can be a space where your passion and your calling and your purpose can be cultivated. For there's many ways that we can serve here, serve God and God's people in so many various ways. I invite you, I encourage you to taste the freedom that comes from serving those around us. We are not exempt from feeling of burning out or getting lost. But we are here for one another to remind ourselves. And this is what our worship is. And ultimately, this is why we celebrate Holy Communion. To remind ourselves, to rediscover ourselves in God's kingdom. That we are God's people, liberated, freed to serve God's people. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.